Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening to all of my wonderful Sports is Job podcast listeners. I have another guest today, and she is a familiar name uh, among the sports industry and a familiar name among Sports is Job. But I'd like to introduce Alana Mraz. She has experience with event management and operations with the Arizona Diamondbacks, Arizona Sun Devil Athletics, Arizona Sports and Entertainment Commission, the Arizona Public Service, also has social media and marketing experience with the sports sorority, with the sports is job, and currently sponsorship experience with ISL. So welcome back to the podcast, Alana. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. It sounds like such a lengthy resume once you say it like all at once. Wow. <laughs> I got, like I told you before, I have to, I have to brag for you and let people know um, all the experience and, and all the value that you bring. And I want to start off with that because you you mentioned to me and you kind of told people out there, you are currently looking for a job. Um, so what are you looking for? Like what kind of position, area in the country? What are you looking for in, in, in an organization? All of that. Yeah. So I, like you said, um, right now, sponsorship experience with ISL, finishing up my postgraduate internship, which is super exciting. I was able to even have an internship, you know, during the middle of the pandemic. Um, but kind of just like looking for events, operations, partnership side, obviously with COVID and everything else that's happening, I think, you know, the events side of the industry is waiting kind of to revamp and start hiring and, you know, have fans in the stands and events and things all like that sort. And I think um, partnership is a really interesting space to be in. Um, I personally love like when the WNBA partners with like the NWSL and like, you know, cross promotion collaboration. I love everything about that. So kind of just looking in that space, don't really have like a preference on where, like I'm pretty open to anything. I think just like everybody else in the sports industry, but that's what I'm looking for. And I think it's, it's kind of key that I mentioned all of that experience and kind of the variety of it. Did you know, like the particular area you mentioned events and, and sponsorship was that something you knew right out of college that you wanted to do? Or did you take time to figure that out? Because again, like I mentioned, you know, and obviously maybe you've adapted because of the whole COVID situation, but you've been doing social media marketing um, and then you've done sponsorship stuff as well. And, and now you're, you want to go back into the event management sponsorship space. Yeah. So I definitely, I mean, you know, this, I definitely started looking more at social media and marketing kind of when the pandemic was hitting um, just because, I think we all knew the world was basically shutting down and there was going to be a really long time until we could gather in large um, gatherings and things like that. So I wanted to start learning social media and marketing. So it was kind of something I knew I could do personally because like I've done it before, like my own personal social media um, and sponsorship. It was kind of just like what came with my internship. It was what I wanted to learn about because I know sponsorship has a lot to do with events and things like that. So I definitely knew that that was a component I needed to learn. So through my internship, I was able to learn that, which was incredible. And now kind of wanting to take that skill set that I have now grown um, and have developed and kind of reflect it back now to events and one of, you know, a coordinator role versus like being an intern. So I feel like I kind of know the logistics and now it's kind of like putting it all together and seeing what I can do. Yeah. So you've kind of learned the whole ecosystem of the sports industry that w- which will eventually help you do your job better. So, so Lana, I, you know, talking about your current experience, you, you're working with ISL doing sponsorship stuff. Um, how can p- other people 
find internship opportunities like this. I mean, you're working remotely. The offices, like we were talking about, Miami and Spain. Um, how can other people find internships? I think it's important because when you look at your experience, I think it's kind of helped you develop kind of understanding what your interests are and what you want to work. So kind of give your, 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 I guess your experience with finding this internship. Um, but what also is your advice for everybody else finding other internships? Yeah. So I think in particular with the sports sorority internship, just cause I think that one was a little bit like less traditional than other applications. I had just followed them on social media. Like I thought they were super cool. Like it was about women in sports and I just sent um, an email and I was like, Hey, like, you know, I would love to volunteer in some way. Um, you know, here's my resume, et cetera. That's it. And I didn't hear back. And it was like super weird because I think they were asking for contributors actually, which is, I think how I got to them. And I hadn't like really done any writing, but like, again, just trying to develop myself during COVID when we were all sitting at home and trying to figure out what like the next step of our like careers were. And I got a call like three weeks later and it was, her name's LaShonda and she's the founder of the sports sorority. And she was like, Hey, I got your resume. I'm so sorry. It took so long to get to you. Like my social media intern is actually out the door in like the next two weeks. Can, do you want to like become an intern? And I was like, yeah, like, sure. Like <laughs> I'm just trying to learn, you know, like get some stuff on my resume that, you know, a lot of people are having trouble, I guess, doing that. And it was really awesome because from there I started learning how to like make graphics and like a branding guide. And I came at a really interesting time because they were doing a collaboration with the National Basketball Wives Association and putting together a sisterhood summit. And it was a virtual event. And I was like so excited to learn about that because a lot of events were turning virtual. And it's interesting because you don't have volunteers at virtual events because your volunteers like your computer, right? Like you don't need these hundreds of people to help you check in people or like, you know, to run operations or logistics and things like that. So I got really lucky that I was able kind of to see the behind the scenes of how they put it together, how they made virtual backgrounds and things like that. So that was definitely like a selling point um, for why, like, I, you know, I wanted to get involved when we were talking about it. So really, I guess what I have to say is just you know, just DM accounts or DM, you know, someone that you're connected to on LinkedIn. Like I have been really fortunate that all the times I have been networking with people, it was never because I saw a job that they might know someone. It was literally just wanting to learn like what they do. Like I've met people that work for like La Liga and North America, Angel City, the Rams, like anything. And it's corporate partnerships, social media, video production, like really just trying to learn and being like, Hey, like, you know, I want to see what the structure is like, what your co company culture is like. And it's been awesome because then I make a connection and like, let's say in two months, there is a job posting. I feel comfortable being like, Hey, I saw this job. I would love to talk to you about it. If you know someone and it's a genuine connection because I didn't go into that DM and that phone call two months before wanting a job. It was because I just wanted to learn about them and see how they got to where they are. And I think a lot of people value just being genuine and really just wanting to meet other people, especially now during COVID, like we're all lacking in social interaction. Like we're all sitting at home, we're all doing Zoom meetings and a Zoom meeting, like, yeah, you can see, you know, one another and you kind of still get to know someone, but you know, until we kind of start doing in-person stuff again, like this is kind of where we're at. And I think it's really awesome to take advantage of that because I can meet someone that lives in New York City that I couldn't meet if we were all in person because who knows if they would have the time. I also don't live in New York City. So, you know, I think it's really taking advantage of the fact that Maybe we're not all going to be sitting at home, hopefully in the next four months, but I think, you know, while we still are, it's definitely really important to take advantage of it because, 
you know, it's all about making that connection. The sports industry, everyone knows everyone. And you never know how like one person that you met six months ago can help you down the road in the future. And even if it's not to get your first entry level job, like who's to know it's a job you're applying for in three years or your company or agency wants to partner with their team. Like, you know, it's really all about just creating your own network and really just getting to know people. And I think like off, being authentic and really just wanting to make a meaningful relationship goes a really long way. Like it's a 30 minute, 40 minute phone call. And next thing you know, you feel like you have maybe a friend, maybe a colleague, you know, just like somebody else that works in a different team or different department sector than you do. And I think it's awesome. And how do you approach that? Because I think first, first times, first dates, first time you meet somebody in person, first phone call for zoom, zoom call, whatever. It's always awkward or most times it's awkward. You know, some people, it comes off naturally. You're just naturally a people person and you can have a, a, a flowing conversation. What are your tips for that first phone call, that first zoom call when you're networking, when you're meeting with that executive or meeting with a, a, a person that works in another sports organization, how do you approach that phone call? Are you researching them? Are you coming up with questions or are you someone that kind of just goes with the flow of the conversation? Yeah, I definitely think it's important to like do your homework. Like it doesn't take very long to find someone on LinkedIn. So 10 out of 10 would recommend that. Um, if you found them, you know, via Twitter, like check out what their bio says. Maybe they're like a dog mom or a dog dad. Like maybe they like coffee, like, you know, kind of see what they are outside of their job too. And yeah, I mean, it really takes 10 minutes. I really feel like to learn like about someone's professional career or maybe about you know something like all you have to do is really scroll through their tweets right and like you'll see like what they're interested in and I think also like if they're the director of uh let's say like partnerships like maybe look up what the team partnerships have been in the last you know six months maybe they were able to strike like this incredible kit deal in the middle of a pandemic that's something to talk about like hey how did you navigate the pandemic as a director and still you know come out with this incredible sponsorship deal or something like that so I definitely think it's important to do your homework whether it's like the night before the morning of like I definitely think it's important so that you're not a in like an awkward silence and b like let's say the conversation is like flowing and flowing and then like it like reaches like this like weird point then you have something to follow up and ask about like you know like I think it's important to go with the flow and not you know, I guess have an agenda for it, but also know that, okay, if, you know, I get a short answer about this, I know what I want to ask next. And I know like what they've done in the past. Um, So yeah, I mean, I think it's definitely important to do a little bit of homework. And also like, I am a huge advocate for just like reaching out, like huge, huge advocate for it. I think like I have friends now that we're 23, 24, and like, they still get nervous about DMing people. And I'm like, I'll write your DM. Like, you know, like you, you have, you have nothing to lose. The worst thing that they can say is like, they either ghost you and they just don't reply and that's okay. Maybe they're busy or, you know, like they say, Hey, like, you know, right now, like I don't have the time reach out to me in like two weeks. Like I've had conversations like that where I'll send a Twitter DM. I don't hear back. I send an email and I'm like, Hey, don't know if you saw my Twitter DM would still love to connect with you. And then the reply and they're like, oh, I'm so sorry. You know, like the last couple of weeks have been swamped. The next week is also super busy. And you know, I have to be like, say, okay, like I'll reach out at the beginning of next week and hopefully we can find a time to connect. Set a little reminder, remind, you know, schedule it almost. I'm a huge advocate for like scheduling emails the night before to go out the next morning. Um, because I think it's like a way of getting late night work done without people knowing you're getting late night work done. Um, huge advocate for that. Uh, so yeah, I think, you know, like you have 
honestly nothing to lose. Like people, I think right now we all want to meet other people um, in like the sports industry. And like, you know, I think a lot of professionals too that are already, have already been in the industry 10, 15 years, like they want to meet what the next generation is. And I think they want to help the next generation because they know that we're like, what is happening? Like, we don't know what to do, what like the next year, two years looks like, like we're almost hitting a whole year of the pandemic. And I mean, it's great that we got through it, but also like, I couldn't have told you February of 2020, like what the whole next 365 days was going to be. So yeah, I think the sports industry, almost everyone is super open to connecting and networking. So like, we're all really nice, you know, (laughs) and there's, there's a good chance that someone you might like connect with can then connect you with somebody that you've been really wanting to talk to. Or, you know, once you tell them about your interest and what your career aspirations are, they might be like, oh, I know someone in this other agency um, that just, you know, does this. And it sounds like something that you're interested. Let me, you know, introduce you to them, you know, like that's it. So simple things like that it's just about taking the time like everyone has 30 40 minutes you know of the time like the time and if they don't have it that week they tell you that they have it next week and it's just a matter of like just making sure you make a meaningful connection like you do your research and yeah just always follow up can the next thing and i know people out there who are listening you you've probably had this question you have this question how do you end a conversation how do you say especially the first time how do you say bye like you know what i mean because like what do you are you say like just bye. I'll talk to you later. Or you'd be like, Hey, you know, I had a, this is a great conversation. Here's my number. Here's my email. Can we, can we set up another call? Or do you put all of that stuff in that follow-up email that you talked about? You scheduled the night before. What do you, what do you typically do? So I definitely like, thank you for taking the time is like, just like the line, like you have to thank them for their time. Like they are a paid professional. They are taking time to like, talk to you. So like, first, thank you for taking the time. Um, and then I usually send a follow-up email, if not the next day, like a couple days later. And I just say, Hey, you know, like, I really enjoyed talking to you. Thank you so much. Um, you know, like I enjoyed hearing about your experience with X, Y, and Z. Um, you know, I would love to, continue furthering our connection. Okay. That's it. They probably reply and they say, okay. Like, you know, like, Hey, thanks so much. Like really glad we got to chat. Okay, cool. Let's say that's in February, maybe April. You're like, Hey, just saw this like article on SBJ or like on front office sports about this, like, you know, thing that the team did. That's super awesome. Like hope you're doing well. Would love to catch up if you have time next week. Cool. they'll probably reply and they'll be like, oh yeah, like that was such a great deal. We're so excited, blah, blah, blah. You know, like I have time next Wednesday, Thursday. And then you follow up. Like, for example, I knew someone that worked um, for LAFC and helps with their stadium operations. When Angel City FC announced that they were using their stadium, I emailed them. I was like, hey, I saw, you know, the stadium got chosen. That's so exciting, blah, blah, blah. Like, hope you're doing well. Would love to like catch up. Oh, they replied. We had a call the next week. It was great. Um, she actually runs stadium operations and she's incredible. Um, and yeah, so like, you know, it's like really simple things like that. Like it's being conscious that when you see like an article and you know someone there, like being like, hey, I saw like it's giving them kudos for what they were able to accomplish. And also like a way for you to like follow up in your own way and say, you know, I would love to catch up. So I, I guess that's like a little bit of a like saying thank you afterwards and then also making a conscious like effort like within the next month maybe two months like you know to follow up again like I know people that they have colleagues that they follow up with every two months I know some people that you talk once a year some people talk 
every six months. Like it really just depends what kind of relationship you have. And I think everyone kind of goes like through phases of you talk every single month and then three months go by and you're like, oh, I'm totally meant to email you. Life got crazy, you know, like let's follow up. Um, so I think it's just, you know, making sure you're taking the time and sometimes even just continuing that connection is like replying to a tweet, you know, like it also doesn't even have to be uh, like helping another phone call. Like I follow a lot of people on Twitter and, you know, it's like when they announce something cool or even like they're talking about coffee or like something they bought at Target. I don't know. Like, it's just about replying so that they know that you're still there, I guess, in a way. Um, and that you're like engaging with them just outside of asking what their career has been like. Well, I hope all of you take those tips from Alana and really apply it because I think I can, I can confirm she's definitely been the queen of networking has done a very good job during this whole 2020. I mean, followers don't mean everything, but you've, I've definitely seen Alana's Twitter followers grow within the past years. And then also, you know, looking at talking about networks and communities. Um, And I, this is a natural way to bring it up, but Alana here started the Latinx in sports, which is, the goal is to help build a community and network of, of Latinos across the sports industry. And she's been doing network calls. She's been doing panels. Like, it seems like she's putting together all of your, you're putting together all of your experience from the sports sorority, seeing how they put on events to putting your own panels and your own events in the future. So tell us about Latinx. Tell us how you started it. What was the, you know, the motive of starting it and what are the current things going on? Yeah. So I started Latinx and sports, um, October of last year. And it was kind of after I saw that a lot of teams, leagues, agencies, like they weren't really talking about their Latinx, Hispanic um, front office during Hispanic Heritage Month. So I was like, oh, like, that's weird. Um, I kind of was like, maybe I'll do it. Like I was going to highlight one person every single day during Hispanic Heritage Month that was like Latinx, Hispanic that worked in the sports industry. And I realized that there wasn't really like an organization or like a club or anything that talked about Latinx in the sports industry. And also no one was really talking about how they were Latinx and Hispanic, which was a little odd because I feel like everyone on Twitter and LinkedIn, like they always talk about where they've worked previously and who they've worked with and everything, which is awesome. But like, I think we all take pride in like where we're from and like what our cultural background is and things like that. So it became a little bit difficult to start finding them. And I was like, why isn't there you know, an organization that like recognizes it and tries to put all these people together. I think, you know, there's a ton of different organizations, like there's WISE, there's the, um, like the sports creative community, there's sports as a job, like there's the YP sports chat. There's so many different ways of organizing and I didn't really see one for Latinx and sports. So um, I kind of just like did the whole highlighting one person every single day in the Hispanic Heritage Month. And once the month was over, I enjoyed it so much. And I enjoyed connecting with all these different people that were Latinx, that were involved with MLS, the NFL, um, were consultants, they were sports journalists, um, radio hosts, like a ton of different things across the board. And I was like, why, you know, how can I put all these people together? Like, I know that there must be other Latinx college students or maybe young professionals that are looking for people that are like them and can't find them because it was hard for me to find them. I can't imagine how much harder it could be for somebody else. So I kind of took the idea and I created Latinx and sports. Um, so like you were saying so far, we've been able to have monthly networking calls and monthly panels. And it's really just talking about 
how the Latinx community is involved in the sports industry and how these Latinx professionals got to where they are there. And, you know, really talking about what the future is like and how we can continue diversifying the industry. Uh, our networking calls too have been really awesome because I have these professionals that are like on my advisory board or like with these college students or these like recent grads that probably wouldn't even be able to find them, let alone be in the same room, you know, all like networking and talking about like their background and like the Super Bowl ads was like what our theme was the past month because it was right after Super Bowl. And, you know, like it's awesome because then when you want to network with them and if you think they're really cool and, you know, networking call and I would love to, you know, continue talking to you about whatever like job or something that they were talking about within um, the, the small groups that we divide um, them into during the networking calls. So it's just been really awesome just to see um, the amount of growth and like the amount of support that we've been able to get through it and how willing the now want to help the next generation, kind of like what I was saying before. Um, so, yeah, I've been really just trying to like create a community like it's been really just trying to create something that I knew I was looking for when I was in college and I can imagine other people are looking for. Okay. So, so discussing your panel calls and networking calls, um, February 25th, you do have another panel um, zoom call that people can join in. Talk about that. Well, what's who's, who's coming, who are the guests and where can people sign up or is everybody allowed to go or what's up with that? Yeah. So right now we are, you know, it's all centered around Latinx in the sports industry. So we are totally open to having anybody attend the panels, but we kind of do kind of do like the networking kind of for just like the Latinx community. So panels though totally are open. It is like Latinx focused. So if you're wanting to learn more about the Latinx cultural background, like the industry, like, you know, things like that, you're more than welcome to come. Um, but this month's panel is um, sponsoring La Comunidad, which is a panel about sponsorship. Um, so we have Sarah Toussaint, who is the Vice President of Sports Marketing for Wells Fargo, um, Anthony Pardo, who is the Director of Partnership Activation at the MLB, and Guillermo Zarampia, I might have butchered the last name, Zarampia, and he is the Founder, Agent, and Consultant at an agency called The Marketing Jersey, which is um, does a lot of business with the Mex Mexico's female soccer team and kind of like does talent on that side and has like athlete sponsorship um, perspective. Well, like MLB is obviously like the MLB partnerships and the activation. And then Sarah from a more of a corporate company side, seeing how sports sponsorship kind of does that. Um, how Wells Fargo, you know, does their sports marketing and sports um, sponsorship with different teams and organizations, things like that. So Really excited. Anyone can um, obviously attend the panel. We do have a Google link in our post on LinkedIn and on Twitter. And then if you're a Latinx professional or up and coming professional, if you're in college, just out of college, you know, just really interested in learning about the sports industry, you can sign up to be on our Latinx community database, which is the link in our bio, as well as our pinned tweet, I believe. And once you sign up for that, you'll be added to our Slack channel and you will also um, get emails about um, are different events and things like that. So I won't totally spam your email. You just get like two or three emails a month, just reminding you about our events um, that are happening. But yeah, it's been incredible to see the growth that we've been able to have in like three months, four months, um, I think we're coming up on. So we're really excited about what the future holds for the organization and the whole group. And I think it's important because you started off asking why you started off asking, why isn't there a community or why can't I find people? And that questioning of things led to you to finding the solution and building the Latinx in sports. 
And I think for people out there who are listening, like uh, Alana mentioned, like these are focused on Latinx and sports and, and, and topics and discussions surrounding um, that group of people. So I think it's, it's, you know, if you're looking to build a community when it comes to being part, uh, a certain minority group or certain place where you're from in the country or certain interest within the sports industry, you can do that. You know, start off by asking why, what is it that you want to do? What is the goal of creating this community? And I think in 2020, I think we saw a lot of different communities be built and, and people were asking, why isn't there something like that? And we've seen that happening. Um, the last thing I want to talk about, we talked a little bit about this before we got in the call and then something openly being open with all of you and Alana, I, I, I've suffering from burnout. I think in 2020, and one of the things I, I admired about Alana was that she kind of, you know, she was with, with sports's job going through the whole thing and, and doing things in her own professional career. I mean, we were full goal. I feel like we were full goal in the whole middle of the COVID and the pandemic, like things were getting crazy. Um, you know, people, some people weren't doing things and, and everyone handled it differently. But I feel like for us in 2020, we kind of were like, you know what? Yeah. Pandemic came, COVID came, we can't go anywhere, but we're going to do whatever possible. We put in like all the networking calls, the, all the different extra work when it came to sports job and our professional career. And for me, you know, really in, in February and January, I felt like I just hit a wall. I, I feel like it like burnout kicked in and I was always somebody who, and I, I hate, you know, being openly again, when people said they were burning out, I was like, I could not understand. Like I could not relate at all because I was like, that's not going to happen to me. Like, I love the grind. Like I love the grind. Like I can do this 24 seven, 365 days a year. I'm only 23 years old. Like I'm never going to get tired. And it hit me in January and I was like, okay, what is this? What is this feeling that I'm feeling? And I, I think, and I feel it even now, um, you know, I feel burnt out. So, and this is something, Alana, you came to me a couple of times saying, Hey, I'm in this creative rut. You, you've said you've, you've been burnt out. You even said that you might be burnt out right now. So what is it, what is it like to be burnt out? And like, what are you doing, um, for yourself to handle those things and to get out of the creative rut and get out of a burnout or just take a break? What do you, what do you do? Yeah. So actually shout out to the Twitter sports community. Um, I saw that a couple people, um, Kate Ruda, who works at Nike and a few others, they were doing this thousand mile challenge in 2021. And I was like, listen, I've ran track and field in high school, totally lost any endurance that I have, but that's fine. <laughs> uh, but I was like, you know, like, this is a good goal. Like if I can walk or like run a thousand miles in 2021, like proactively getting outside, even if it's for like an hour, an hour and a half, like I will feel good. It might be at eight in the morning, 4 p.m., noon, like hoops, 8 p.m., who knows? But like, I'm going to get outside and I'm, I'm going to move my body. And I think that's really important and something that a lot of people have been stressing while we were all working from home. Like, it was like, don't sit at your desk the whole entire eight hours. Like, you know, get up. If it's your lunch break, like, get up, go walk, like, you know, walk to the kitchen to make lunch, you know, like, walk to get yourself some coffee, go in the morning, go through the drive through if you have to. Like, you know, like, get yourself out of the house so like you don't feel like you're literally your house and your office have turned into the same thing. And I think a lot of people have enjoyed that their house and their office is the same because you can like roll out of bed and literally go to work instead of having to roll out of bed, get ready, get in the car, drive to work and then drive home. There's the pros and cons to working from home and also working from the office. And I, I see it. Um, but for me, I guess like what I've done for myself is that I've been trying to get outside and like, I still like make coffee in the morning because like coffee makes me happy. Um, and really just trying to make sure that like, when I 
am able to take a break like I do like I like I said I'm like the one that like works really late at night and like I get things done at like 8 to 10 p.m like it's it's me um but also like if I'm gonna get done done from 8 to 10 p.m then maybe like 5 to 8 like I'll like make dinner I'll like you know clean something I'll go outside for my walk you know things like that like I think it's really important to still do like your home routine when you're at home and making sure like you're still somehow separating like work from from your home right work from home um so yeah I think it's really just important to like make sure you're taking time for yourself even if it's like an hour hour and a half whether you know it's going outside it's making lunch it's going out to pick up lunch you know maybe once a week because like that like makes you happy you know to like eat from your favorite restaurant I don't know but I think it's really important to like put yourself first and put your mental health first and like if you need to take a step back from social media or like you know be on your have less screen time I know like some of my friends have been regulating how much they're on social media but like their screen time on their phone I can't bring myself to do it but I'm sure it's very effective um but yeah you know just making sure that you're aware and conscious that you're going through a burnout and, you know, trying to catch it earlier rather than later, I think, you know, like just start taking a little bit of steps. Like if you have to start the first week where it's just like 15 minutes, okay, start with 15 minutes, maybe a week, week and a half later. Okay. Maybe like half an hour, 45 minutes, you know, and slowly, but surely you will start realizing that like, you need to start making time for yourself and just separate just like a little bit of time. And it can be really like productive time. Like I'm not saying go sit on the couch and do nothing, but like take the hour to go clean up the kitchen or go clean your room or go do something that does not require you to literally stare at a screen the whole entire time. Um, so I think that's just like my personal trying to get through it situation. How many, uh, how many miles you got in so far? 121. Gosh, dang. Yeah. I mean, you still got to not to be, you know, 979. I think my yeah, math is like correct. That. Something I, like I, that. Basically, I have calculated out that I have to do 2.7 miles every single day. But there's like some days I do four miles and then there's some days I do zero miles because like I just don't want to get tired. Um, so, you know, it's just it's a balance. But yeah, I think I have to do like 2.7 miles every single day for the rest of the year. But there's like some days where like I'll take a little extra time, which is always nice. Um, the last thing I really want to talk about, and I, I think, you know, talking on this, um, you know, I also saw something on Twitter. Ryan, shout out to Ryan Boswell. He kind of, the way he sets his calendar, he does 45 minutes of work and then he does 15 minutes of break time, which I started trying to do because I think, again, like Alana was saying, it's it's important to take time off and just to rest and catch it early on. Because I think for me, like I was telling you and all the listeners, I didn't catch it. I I, I thought I was invincible to burnout and I caught it late and it's, it hit me hard. And I think for me, what's important is, you know, having that balance between work and my, and my personal life. Like I want that balance. I don't want to be that 45, 50 year old who work is all I know. You know, I, I, for me, family's still importance. Working out is still important. There's certain things outside of my career um, that's still important. And Eric Matthews talked about that, you know, a couple of weeks ago when he was the guest, he talked about how, you know, your work shouldn't be your life. You know, everyone always talks about like working in sports is my life, this and that, but it's important to find those things outside of the sports industry that, that is your hobbies that, that you can go to when the sports industry and your career is, is stressing you out. The last thing I want to know, the last thing I really want to talk to you about is who is Alana? Who is Alana Mraz outside of the sports industry? 
because I think sticking to this, this, this topic and this idea of, you know, sports isn't everything. Who is Alana outside of the sports industry? Like, what do you like to do? What are your hobbies? Uh, what are your passions outside of, of sports? Um, I think my passions outside of sports are funny enough. I think it's working out. Um, <laughs> I think that like, just really like keeps me mentally sane, even though like right now I'm not doing the best at it also because like gyms and things like that, but also kind of going back to like the whole walking and running and things like that. Um, let's see what else I really, geez, that's a great question. What am I outside of the sports industry? Is this like we're have to like figure it out? It's like probably something I have to like figure out in the next couple of months when somebody asks me down the road. Um, I think outside of it, I'm just like still a people person. So like I just really enjoy like being with my friends, being with my family. Um, you could say I'm a baker because I like to make cookies and like cakes with like <laughs> my mom. Maybe if we really want to push it that way. Um, yeah, I mean, I really wow. <laughs> I, don't know. I mean that, that's a i mean that's i think that's a a natural reaction a lot of people get anyways i think it's a lot of people when you ask them what they they like to do they're kind of like oh, i don't really know and i and so for people out there i'm asking you the same question too like what do you like to do outside of sports um what do you do when the sports industry is stressing you out so i'll uh, like alana said I'll, I'll loop her in back in a few months or uh and see what she actually likes that back to the tweet and be like so alana did you figure this out <laughs> um yeah i mean i've really just gosh am i really all my career if that's really true then maybe we need to figure that out um i have like friends that have been like that they're like i'm trying to figure out what i am outside of like the industry and like right now and i'm like oh yeah that's probably a good time to figure it out during covid but i almost feel like i flipped you know I feel like we were either going one way. You were like going back into your career because of COVID and like you were like really putting it as a priority or you were going the other way and trying to figure out, you know, what you were doing outside of your nine to five. So I think it's just like whichever part you were on, you flipped. So, yeah. I definitely get it. No, I definitely get it. Where can people find you on social media? And then obviously um, with Latinx and sports, where can they find that as well? Um, so my social media is at Lonnie Mraz, um, on Twitter. Um, my Instagram is Alana underscore Mraz. Um, and then our Twitter and LinkedIn for Latinx and sports, it's literally Latinx and sports. Like there's no abbreviations or anything like that. Um, it's also in my bio, like, you know, it just talks about like how I'm the founder of it. Um, but yeah, you know, just make sure to follow us. If you like want to stay up to date, we do like, we have some really exciting stuff coming up. <laughs> We do. I'm just trying to figure out the programming and the scheduling behind all of it. But yeah, really excited to see where the group goes and where, you know, I guess my overall career takes me to. Perfect. Well, thank you to all of the sports job listeners for joining us on another episode. And I promise to all of you, I know I have not been posting on Twitter. We have been posting as much as I, I don't want to use an excuse, but I, as I mentioned, um, I'm trying to pull myself out of the rut. I think uh, it's important to fill your own cup. I'm trying to fill up my cup and, and, and to help fill all of your cup and we'll all navigate the sports industry together. But again, if you're listening to this on the Apple podcast, please give us a rating and review. And like I always say, we are all on our own individual journeys, but you are not alone. <laughs>